With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Finally, a global program specifically for wealthy, philanthropic women who are humble, gracious leaders. Sylvia Global's host, Gil Sylvia, invites you to join her in these conversations with first ladies of nations, households, business, and communities. Trustworthy, live conversations with women from around the globe provides a place for your voice to connect with women of integrity, passion, and purpose. Now, here's your host, Gail Sylvia. Good morning. Thank you so much for being here with us today. You know, Randolph, we're going to have to change that intro because this is my intro to your you hosting your own show. That's <laughs> so funny. I was just a- thinking about that. But it's good for me, Gail, and it works just fine for now. It's so exciting just to be able to do this with you. And if we sound a little giddy and happy and speak a little fast at first, I think it's because we really are excited, right, about about where this can lead and some of the things we're going to bring the audience in these, in these coming weeks. So I'm very excited to be doing this with you, Gail. Thank you so much for joining us and the incredible message that you'll be sharing with women around the world to encourage and just, um, I think, enlighten us at many levels um, in a way that's not commonly associated with the industry that you're affiliated with, you know, the fashion industry and working with entertainers. There's this, you know, other part of our being that is drawn to it, but also resist it. And I'm so excited you'll be on here, you know, Sylvia Global every Wednesday morning from 10 to 11, taking calls and responding, and we'll be blogging about you and um, just really promoting the message that you have that um, inspires women. We're going to start off today, though. Again, this is an introduction to your own show and The Look. You know, you wrote a book called The Look, A Guide to Dressing from the Inside Out. That's right. The inspiration, um, you know, of what it means to be beautiful and getting that look. So right, I'm because gonna... it is one of those things that I is. And speaking to what you said about you know this sort of elusive quality of the fashion industry, it's a sort of a mixed message. You know, we create images that are are very inspirational and and uh, ethereal, and then we wonder why women are confused and don't know how to put it together because the model looks that. But how come I don't? You know, and um, it's it's not a literal thing. It's an inspirational thing. That's what fashion magazines, that's what models contribute to, a kind of almost entertainment aspect of getting the viewer to look. Um, the interpretation of how one creates their own look is where I found the missing link. When I, uh, about 10 years ago, I, I was transitioning from New York to Los Angeles in my career. I wanted to be back on the West Coast. I was having to transition in one of the divisions of my business. And it was also a breath, a, a moment, a time when we paused to think, God, I've been working 16 hours a day for the last 12 years on a business, and you're, you're just literally exhausted. But I had noticed in my fashion shows that 
which I had uh, annually twice a year, and it is um, uh, something that really drives the, the, the heartbeat of your business because you can't miss it. It's a deadline. It's a goal-oriented thing. You know that on September 12th you have to be ready no matter what, so you're always kind of calendaring yourself to be ahead. Fashion designers are working on what we're working going to be wearing next year you're living in the future what do they say it's best to be present in a way this is a career that takes you out of the present you have to sort of transpose yourself into tomorrow and think what will she want to wear next spring next fall so you you are kind of accelerated you're always moving a little bit at a pace that is so frenetic that uh, sometimes a breath is necessary and sometimes that can be as much as a sabbatical or or writing a book in this case it turned out to be writing a book and being more reflective and so before I wrote the book, I really uh, found my inspiration point and jumping off point to be uh, uh, one simple thing. There was, uh, there was a commonality of women coming to me after my fashion shows. And then I started noticing, watching them in their seats during the fashion shows, slumping slightly lower down in their seats as Amazons in size two dresses that were six feet tall, sashayed in that you know, inimitable walk down the catwalk, and they were loving the clothes, but unfortunately becoming very intimidated. It's the reverse message we're trying to give women. We don't want them to walk away feeling less than or less beautiful, or I can't be that. But the same holds true for magazine covers of Halle Berry and Jennifer Aniston and whoever airbrushed. You know, we we are creating an ideal today out of people that is dangerous because it's not it's not reality. They're highly airbrushed. They don't even look like that. Um, and it makes, a, a, I think, a, a, a difficult a Mount Olympus for women to climb in the world of beauty and style and, and self-confidence, ultimately, at, at the bottom of it. So it, it, it dawned on me that these women who were slumping down in their seats were even in the business. They were fashion editors. They were heads of stores. They were buyers. And they were intimidated. Imagine how a woman who lives not even near a Saks Fifth Avenue or lives in a more rural part of the community or place in the world, this is just, uh, you know, this is rocket science to her. Like, you know, and I think many women had abandoned following trends or uh, dictates of fashion and the fashion world and designers. If you look back historically, people in historical periods dressed in a style of the times that was reflected by what we call the fashion. And the fashion uh, uh, was a dictate of uh, something that created the trend, and we, we'll get into that another time. It's not important at this point. But today, it's diverse. That You can be in line at a bank and see a woman in Indian sari, and it's actually a 13-year-old girl <laughs> and not an Indian woman. And you can see an Indian woman in a French banker suit, a Chanel suit. And you can see a uh, uh, another woman in her 20s who's uh, dressed like a news anchor in a corporate suit. And you can see another woman who's dressed in an incredible town and country look of denim and suede and and um, uh, uh, kind of what we've come to know in American sports were classic. It's about individual style. In the 50s, if you look at photographs, as far as back as you can go from there in time, people look the same in photographs. Every woman had a hat, a glass, a, a handbag and shoes that uh, that worked. There was a more of a lifestyle of the times that defined the, the way people looked. God forbid you didn't look good in a poodle skirt and, and bobby socks. <laughs> you know, you're out of luck because that was the silhouette of the time. When they say Dior's new look, 
he created a new shape that shifted fashion, which was defined by that small waist and full skirt. What if you didn't have a small waist back then? What if you were more middle-figured and you carried the weight around the middle? You didn't look good in the clothes of those times. You know how people say, I was born in the wrong time? I should have yeah. been born because you have a, 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 you love a period so much that you always like to wear vintage clothes. And it's true. Sometimes your time isn't maybe in the style department necessarily on trend, but that's what individuality is about. And what's so exciting today, Gail, is that I think this sudden uh, shift in consciousness, spiritually, emotionally, um, across culturally, in the world, and your show speaks to this, empowering women, is that individually more than ever, individuality is so uh, necessary, and it's it's counterintuitive to the way we teach it. You know, we we sort of teach with a blanket experience that do this, don't do this, wear this, don't wear that. We have makeover shows that say women shouldn't do this and should. That's all kind of baloney, in my opinion. That was pretty blunt, but. Uh, much of that is, again, defined by the medium it's selling itself on. It's a TV show that's a makeover, so the reveal has to be dramatic, right? Otherwise, the show will flop. We better make that woman look as different as she did when she walked in the door. That isn't always serving the subject. The woman's like a deer in headlights after you straighten her hair, dye it blonde because it's naturally black, put her in high heels because she only wears flats. She's never going to really look that way because it's not practical to her lifestyle. They've been her a disservice. But rather, what what about the you know kind of um, gee I'm sorry I lost the thought because there's so many you you were covering quite a bit there you know we're drawn to the fantasy yes the fantasy you know and, that's and exactly, when we that's get a moment point. to live and experience the fantasy which is what proms are all about you know You're right. which is what and that's a good is, point that's something you know, that that's I didn't what weddings we, are that's, about that's right. You know, that, it, that's really we, dependent upon yourself, you know. It, it really I mean, comes down to it comes it circles right back to our core confidence, yes. and that confidence speaks to our our body image perceptions about our you know that others that we perceive others to have about us whether they're true or not, right. and what parts of ourselves we let go and which parts we embrace and um, celebrate. So being right. drawn to the fantasy, there's not necessarily always something wrong with that. It's what we do with it. So yeah. I, I happen to love those shows, um, you know, those kind of extreme makeovers. But I, I yes. particularly like the lifestyle ones where they save people's homes and their families. Right. <laughs> uh, but when I watch the the beauty makeover shows, the the quality, the, the quote unquote quality ones. Um, they seem to address the whole person, you yeah. know, versus just that exterior part. Because it seems that if the 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 woman isn't comfortable within her own skin, it's Correct. like the the friend who lost you know 150 pounds and now is weighing That's, 105 pounds, but only sees herself at 150 pounds. It's dysmorphia. It's absolutely yeah. true. I completely relate to this, and I think the reason I was able to write this book, believe it or not is because I had dressed so many women, celebrities, and seen that they are no different than every woman, whether mm. whatever economic bracket they come from, wherever they live, who's never graced a red carpet for an Oscar. They're the same woman, Angelina Jolie, and they're the same. This idea that a fantasy that you're speaking about and wanting the feeling of that girl standing on Machu Picchu with the hundred necklaces on and, the, and, the, and those incredible outfits, that's, it's the feeling you want. That picture gave you a feeling of power, 
freedom, empowerment. God, I wish I was that brave, or God, I wish that was beautiful. You've created the fantasy in your thought. Wow. Uh, thought wow. is the fantasy. Wow. There is no reality in dressing yourself that way because I could dress you like that and you wouldn't feel it. Because you're not in Machu Picchu, and you're not standing around the pond. And people might look at you a little strange when you're standing in line <laughs> at the bank in that outfit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Unless you're so confident that it makes you, transportably makes you feel incredible. And yeah. if you look at people that do things, like let's take Cher for an example. Why do celebrities that we adore uh, have such bravery? Why do we accept a Cher in a Bob Mackie accepting an Oscar, but we would never be caught dead in that, or we wouldn't wear that, or it would probably be on the, 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 the worst dress list. Why suddenly is it so fabulous when somebody, I think we can all pretty much mutually agree, somebody may not like what she wore, but it, it's the confidence. It's the confidence with which she wears it. You know she loves it. You feel it instantly, but it's subconscious. You would never even doubt that she doesn't. It becomes a part of her. And this is the problem, and this is where the answer lies that when women start developing their sense of style as they grow up, they must honor what they naturally tend to and love and like. It's not for anybody to tell you you shouldn't like purple or you shouldn't wear white after Labor Day and those ridiculous rules that we have. Personal style is is your personal style, exactly what it says. It's what makes you unique. It's about celebrating your difference. But it, it, it should never be an effect. I'm going to wear this and I'm going to get the job. Or if I wear this, I'll get a husband. It doesn't work. Because you can put the seductive outfit on, but if you're twitching and feeling uncomfortable and it's not you, that man sitting across the room over there is not going to be your husband. Across, it, because you, you, it, it, the magic doesn't happen. You don't transcend the moment. I'm going to make an analogy for, at this point because I was just speaking to somebody about this. Why you know, are models thin? And I said, why are ballet dancers thin always? You know, it, right. the medium is an old medium. It was right. an art, you know, created in the 1800s. And it's, it has uh, not changed that much except in, in, in abilities have become like runners, they jump higher, and dancers, they leap higher. It's been perfected, actually, over the years. You compare a ballet dancer today to back then, and that they probably wouldn't even be able to be in the company today because a lead dancer, because their, their proficiency, their technique would not be. That's what's changed is the technique. Women have no technique when it comes to getting dressed. They have forgotten that to get to the fantasy as a ballet dancer, to believe she's a swan, a sylph, a spirit, ethereal, floating, she has to create an illusion on a stage for you to be transported. You, you, you can't float necessarily if there's a weighty or a heavier body, why are they all white? It looks incredibly contrasted against, it's not racial. There's no, that's, that's, it's not, you know. There are companies that step out and bring ethnic dancers and, and diversity of cultures and different colors of skin to the stage. There's some that won't break that rule. It's not a racial statement. It's, an, it, it's, 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 it's art. And today that, that is changing in many ways that, the, the face of what we believe and images we've seen in creating these fantasies. But it always comes down to a thought. You know, you have to have the technique first to create that look, and then you have to transcend it. That's what great artists do, right? When you, you hear know, a great I... singer sing, they transcend the technique of making their voice sing the aria, and now you're suddenly having a spiritual moment when that person sings the aria. That's what you're feeling when you look at people that dress a certain way and you wish to attain that. They've transcended the technique. But you have to go back to kindergarten. You have to go back to first grade because you never got that education. Women 
were never trained to analyze their body shape and dress for their proportions, not their size. Size isn't the issue. They always make it that issue because that's their Achilles heel. That's their weakness. They think it's the size, but then they go get the look on, and they don't feel good either. They're, it, it, it's, it's not the size. It's the proportions. You know, you dress for your proportions. And they also, I think, make the goal unattainable. Don't be tr- focusing on being a size four because that's what you see on magazines. If you're a 2X, a 1X, or an, at, at this point in your life, you'll never get there. It would be so un- insurmountable, so so far away, and that it would become actually very depressing. It would, might send you in a tailspin in the other direction. I can't do this. This is too hard. I can't. Well, you're not going to do it in a day or a week necessarily. It's a step-by-step thing. If you're so a, is- a plus-size woman, aim on being a large-size woman, yes. and you will get there. And then before you know it, a year, two years will have passed, and you will be that size four. But you'll sabotage yourself if you make the goal too challenging and too difficult. And I think today some women do that. They, they, they just give up because it, it, in terms of importance in their life, of things they have to do and take care of, their children, their lives, their family, their income, fashion and style and look have taken a back seat. You know, and, and then recessions happen like we see, and many people com- completely use that then as the jumping off and abandonment point, as we can see in businesses that trending and buying clothes is not uh, – a lipstick will always outsell a sweater or a dress. It will always outsell it because a woman sees that as something she cannot live without, and it's the before and after effect. But it takes technique to put lipstick on correctly, but she's learned how to do that. You know what I'm saying? She's learned how to do that. And well, let's let's she, talk about. Actually, there's a few things I'd like to back up and have you respond to. Oh, the reference to you know ballet and you know it's not being racist in terms of the medium, but I, I distinctly remember, I, and it's as if it happened you know a couple months ago, and I'm surprised at the feelings that emerge when I you know this I recall this in my own personal experience. You know, growing up in Pomona, California, and at the time that our family moved there, it was predominantly white, but it was transitioning. And yes. so um, I was lived on the, the side of town or the part of town called the islands where it was becoming predominantly African-American. And I remember with my two neighborhood best friends, actually there were three of us, my sister too, you know, there was this grocery store we, um, shopping center we'd always walk to, and it was a dance studio, and I remember, you know, our faces pressed against the window uh-huh. looking in from the outside, uh-huh. and all the girls that were in there, you know, were cute little white girls in pink no. and black tie, you know, leotards. You're right. It's an indelible in image, hands. a little girl blonde with a chignon on top of her head, skinny yeah. and, and a pink tutu. Yeah, That's and, her, the image and all of the mothers. Cut. Yeah. yeah, lined up around the edge of the studio and she dancing. And then I also remember we did this, you know, several times. And then one time our faces being there against the window and someone closing the curtain. And oh. as if to say, you know, you oh not only are God. you not welcomed in here, but you can't right. even fantasize being in here isn't and shutting that, the curtain. Isn't that unbelievable? And, and that is caring such a, that, you know, and how much dance is a part of our culture, and especially Absolutely. growing up during the Motown era, you know, dance right. was a big right. part. And, and caring privately within my spirit, you know, this longing to want to know two things. 
why can't why can't I dance? Why why isn't even an option for this to be a conversation around our family's dinner table? This is a very interesting subject you're bringing up, and it has to do with manifesting. You know, a lot of these things I'm going to be talking about, like you said, seem unusual coming from a fashion designer. It's because the social wisdoms we expect fashion designers to to uh, um, uh, speak in, you know, the language we expect is somewhat fluffy. You know, oh, darling, you look gorgeous. And, you know, uh, oh, please, don't wear white after Labor Day. And it, it's all kind of um, uh, been trivialized. A fashion designer who's really good, who's helping his subject attain a feeling of confidence, empowerment, and to be able to finally reach a level of, of, of fantasy. And I think let's redefine that even. It's romance more than fantasy. Romance is so needed in our society of clicking, clacking, tweeting, twacking, whatever all those words are, blogging, even though that word. We have reduced everything to a mechanical, cold element of 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 a machine that is supposed to allow uh, 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 this technology to allow us all to actually think higher, create better, connect more, and it actually, in some ways, connect even spiritually more. But we we have abandoned sometimes the very human need for romantic things a cashmere blanket on a rainy day, cozy, reading a book by a fireplace. We're human. We're made of flesh and, and bone. We like soft, sensual things. It's, uh, you know, warmth, um, uh, romance. We, we, I see it with the younger generation. They don't, they don't know what romance is. It's not, not that it has to be traditional romance. That, that doesn't mean red roses and a Valentine's Day card. You know, a girlfriend complained to me at a party recently, my boyfriend never gives me gifts, and he doesn't. She was a young girl, and I said, why do you need it so much to feel loved? you really think that means he loves you? And I said, what do you give him? And she went, oh, my God. She realized she doesn't give him what she's asking for from him. Isn't well, that that's amazing? That's also another part of this because we have to begin to give ourselves what we're longing for and expecting there from others. There you go, and I wanted you to say it. When you, know, you peered into that dance class and thought, we're not wanted here, that was a thought. It could have been as simple as the light was glaring and they closed the window, maybe. It maybe felt that way because uh, 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 the, the, the culture and the plight of the African-American has been powerful. But, powerful. but my point, yeah, but my point is that we don't have to close the curtains on there our own is. aspirations. That's it. That's it. You, know, you we must don't have buy to... it at all times and hold the, hold the Lady Gaga philosophy. A girl who was told, you'll never make it in this business. You're not pretty enough. You're too heavy. You can't sing. You don't look right. All but also is... how that stays with us and we can use it as fuel toward an, another experience that um, is rooted in that child, right. that girl right. voice experience. Or we can use it to become bitter and frustrated and just That's, give up. Isn't, you know? isn't that what cancer is? You can take that cancer and figure out how that was a gift in your life and how ultimately and find the good that came from it. Because well, it's almost self-manifesting. If you really start from the beginning fighting it, which you have to, we always say, we've got to fight my, you do, but it's almost before you can really uh, have the results that I think are profound is an acceptance ultimately that happens because being a cancer survivor myself I, I i saw where my head went it's always worse in your mind than it is in reality your idea of the curtain being pulled in front of you the danger of that thought is where your mind had it 
Is it really true? Was it the reality? You could ask yourself, Byron Katie, another spiritual teacher I work with, her four questions. Is it true? How did I feel when the curtain was drawn in front of me? How does thinking that thought help me or benefit me or not? Why should I keep thinking that thought? We well, have I to retrain. We, yeah, we retrain, we retrain ourselves to not think that thought. We, we reframe it even. And I, we defy it. We defy it by acting differently. And therein comes the, the, the objectification and shifting of a paradigm, a culture, a consciousness. Because, yes, one person leads to their girlfriends. Their girlfriends leads to a small group. Their small group leads to a little, you know, little uh, town. A little town leads to uh, seeping into a, a wave. You know, what, what is a, you know the, the introduction of your show speaks to a group of women and I was thinking how, oh, I wonder if one people misinterpret that and think they can't listen to the show if they're not wealthy. If they're, it's not literal. Wealthy uh, in spirit. Wealthy wealth in, in spirit, yeah, the definition of wealth. There you go. I was wondering about that because I was yeah. thinking you, that could intimidate somebody and make them feel like, I can't, I can't listen to this show. I'm not. But your not thinking of yourself wealthy is why you're not wealthy. <laughs> you see? That means that's, that's your cue, actually. I better keep listening because, you know, the, because I better moment, keep listening. Yeah, because we can find the parts of ourselves that we're seeking from others. It's already within us to be able to create the experience that we want. That's you know, it. and I think it That's goes it. right back That's to embracing ourselves because I didn't carry, and I don't know about my girlfriend. Oh, I know about one girlfriend in particular because um, a year or so ago we had this conversation, and she remembered that as well. But it came up because she saw a photograph of me in a ballroom dance competition. And she right. said, well, I, and even now in our 50s, you know, I'd love to dance. I wish I could do that. That's the same voice as when we were little girls looking in the window. Gosh, I'd love to dance. I wish we could do that. And how we interpreted that experience and carried it with us forward unconsciously, because, again, we were little girls. But for me, internalizing it as, you know, I don't know why this isn't, I don't see people who look like me doing this, but it doesn't mean that people who look like me can't do this. It just That's means it. Uh, you you had it. all of it in one thought. You had the, the brilliance of the answer that the highest spiritual guide or teacher would give you, and you had the insecurity of the human living in a spirit, living in a human condition in a human world, feeling left out, excluded, and that is very much a part of our world. If I act this way, I'll be part of this group. If I don't do this, I won't at that our thoughts limit us imprison us create the war that is inside of us that is always worse than the war the oppression the repression the abuse the all the 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 the, the lower consciousness values and emotions that we think of as bad they're not really bad because that's a matter of how you look at it again but if you measure it on purely a physical worldly human level you you would say in this world that, that that's that's bad you know you want to you want to reach that higher level of spiritual um and it, it's hard because you're not in your pure spiritual form you are a body living in a world where you will be judged on how you look you will be it's not right mommy you know he called me a funny name because i have a different skin color the little girl who runs home from school in kindergarten when she's mocked or made fun of we all go through this in one way or another there are people there are guiding lights so to speak and that 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 know themselves earlier than others a moment of elation they know who they are in the universe a, a, a three-year-old prodigy playing a piano concerto you know from china how does this happen we look at it as like oh, 
that's inside of everyone. Everyone. They just haven't found theirs yet. It's really know yourself. What is that quote, that famous quote? Know first who you are and then adorn yourself accordingly. I just remembered it. Yeah, that okay. is a Greek philosopher. Yeah. You know, the Greeks they, the Greeks had their stuff together. <laughs> you know, I mean, in many ways, because therein lies that fantasy, you know, that look, that ethereal, that... But it's the metaphor for what we all want to feel. But they were able to uh, to to really translate it into a language, you know, to, to um, uh, a, a language that's so beautiful. I mean, know first who you are and then adorn yourself accordingly. How could you ever get dressed if you didn't know who you were? <laughs> You, we you, have you some, you know, we have some uh, callers, but we also have emails and texts coming through from listeners. So I want to ask, you know, start sharing these questions with you so you can respond to them. There sure. is a, a text that's coming from. It looks like it's coming from uh, somewhere in England. Uh, it, it is someone in England. And they're asking, how do we mine, you know, in terms of mining and digging, uh, excavate our own experiences and bring them to a place where we're able, I'm trying to understand, I'm reading her text and trying to make sense of it so it is an interpretation. How do we excavate um, the experiences to help create the look that makes us feel more confident? Right. That's very interesting language using the metaphor of mining, and it's it can seem confusing because she's chosen the 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 something that's about excavating and chipping away the 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 the, the debris and the the non golden to get to the ore to get to the diamond to get to the inside of everybody. It's beautiful to get to that ballet dancer inside those windows pressed against the face that think I could never be that. You can be anything you want to be, but. You have to believe it. How do you believe it? You have to mine the experience, eliminate the negative thoughts, stop the chatter. How many women I dress, I don't care how beautiful, and I'm not going to name names, that are as insecure because of their thoughts about it and always thinking what they have is not as beautiful. I even read Nicole Kidman saying, I wish I looked like Jennifer Lopez. I've always wanted to be curvaceous and sexy. And the one who looks like Jennifer Lopez saying, I, I'm never going to be tall. I can't, you know, I, I, they, 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 they've always worn lifts and high shoes. And, you know, we all do this. We seem to think there's something attainable or more beautiful or special or privileged or, or more lovable. It comes down to lovable, ultimately, I think, is what it really is. You know, and that's where you see so many I think younger people today saying when you ask them what they'd like to be when they grow up, that, that the simplistic way of looking at it, a lot of it revolves around fame because so much of these current days are about the Facebooking and the uh, uh, um, uh, self-promotion world of being great at social media, which is all building a big billboard about who you are, what you are. The positive in that is it helps you reach deeper in mining what you love. If you go wrong, it means you're simply jumping on the bandwagon of creating a false image because you want to be loved, followed, uh, you know, and become viral. The truth is, it, you, it, it can be very dangerous because you're just putting a bunch of images up that are not really true to how you feel. One way that you can do this, that the that the viewer, or the listener is um, uh, asking, is you have to reclaim your style. Meaning that if you already have this diamond within you, you have to get to it. You have to figure out what it is you love. You have to put away all the magazines, or not put them away. You have to keep them. But first, 
you have to really take a systematic approach to remembering and, and, and finding out what it is you love. People always say this when they're asked about, well, what's your passion? And, you know, it's almost become cliche at this point. You say this when they're stuck, they don't, they don't know what they want to be when they grow up. You'll say, well, what do you love? It's simple. Because people that have done that with their lives, that have become artists or designers, that's what I wanted to be, and I went and I did it. That's harder for some people. It's okay not to know at 18 what you want to major in, even when the question comes in college. If you don't know, you don't know. You, you know, you may have to make a choice in something more broad, but go with something at least in the direction you know you want to be in the arts. Then take a, a liberal arts course or take something like that as an example. So in, in translating that to mining your own personal experience as it comes to beauty, acceptance of self, style, and the look, you must start noticing the repetition and rhythm of what you love. You're always drawn to black and white. Isn't that strange? I have black and white houses. I have black and white dresses. I love black and white uh, home furnishings. I, I, all my accessories always seem to be black and white. It may be something as simple as when you grew up as a little baby, your grandmother had incredible style, and she always wore these gorgeous deco black and white things. Pictures were black and white that you loved. Remember, pictures were black and white. So we see a world of the past, and we glamorize it, we fantasize it, we see it as better than our world today. It was in black and white, and we still think it's more glamorous. There's something very glamorous about black and white. It's the photos of I our past. There's also some very practical techniques that I have found um, throughout the years to be helpful. I first learned them actually from a girlfriend and her mom, and then later on um, saw it presented many years later by Julia Cameron in her book, The Artist's yeah. Way. I've and done Julia, that work. She's incredible, Julia. She is, and she's been on Sylvia Global, and she'll be back. It'd be, it'd be nice to engage her in a conversation with you. But some of the, you know, one very simple technique was to take all of those fashion uh, magazines and just without thinking about it or pausing to just tear the page, you know, that's the where I was going. That's exactly that right. You know, a just plus. pull those that's what you out do. and right. then put them on a board. Correct. You know, just get quiet. You know, for me, I put my favorite music on and um, get my favorite beverage and uh, just notice the words you're so, choosing. All the things that make you feel that good. make me feel good right. and just. In other words, if you them. want to feel that fantasy inside that room that seems that you're excluded from, do it to yourself. Drink the beverage that makes you glow. Drink the, the, the wear, the, the, the fabric that makes you feel uh, empowered and goddess and, and sensual when you touch it. Surround yourself with things you love. Why would you not paint your favorite colors in your home? Why would you listen to a television show telling you you never use this? And don't? Those rules are all for the effect of the medium television remember they're trying to sell something it's always about trying to sell something in this case it's not you're trying to attain a feeling there's no money attached to it can it lead to a great job can it manifest in wealth to you use your word that transcends money and and see we hear wealth and we immediately think it, it, it it's the car we drive it's how much money we have in the bank account we have to invest in the wealth of our thoughts the wealth of positive thoughts the wealth of empower truly uh, um, naturally, instinctively um, uh, powerful and empowering uh, thoughts that that can save the world. And you know when you're, you know, we all have that instinct. We all know when something doesn't feel right. You know, there was just something about it. I met this person, and when I had this feeling in my stomach, and it's 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 why when I see a woman put something on and she looks in front of the mirror and she starts tugging on her hair, or pushing her lips out, or 
holding her waist in to make it look thinner. I said, take the dress off. Please, please take it off. Not right. How did you know? I said, well, you're, you know, you're pushing your lips out like you, you need to get pad injections. You, you're, you're focusing on everything you don't like about yourself right now. I can see it. You're not, you don't feel beautiful. It you didn't know, you do it. It's not the one. You with me last week of a, you know, someone that you dressed for the Oscars and in preparing to dress her, you signed her up for a ballet class. Yeah, even better. I picked her up. I said, are you really ready to do this? And we can say who this is. This is, you know, uh, well, actually, let's not. Maybe maybe I shouldn't say this. It's better to leave it because I think it's almost better as an example because it, then you don't attach an image to it so much. Yeah. She was really ready to commit. And it isn't always that way. You know, you can often stand in your own way. Committing means letting go, too. It doesn't mean rigidity. It means I'm giving, you to my, I'm giving myself to you, Randolph. I'm really going to jump off that cliff and somebody's going to catch me it's very it's full of faith that's what faith is you know you don't know how you're going to make it you don't know how you're going to attain this thing but god's going to jump off and do it yeah yeah you're going to jump off and it will happen and it does if you really believe because you've got to start somewhere so many times people their 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 impulse is to do something but their their there's an attachment to uh, why they're doing it that ultimately sabotages it in the end. They, they're just, that's because they're ahead of themselves. They think they're going to get such and such if they do such and such. And then it, it sort of fizzles out. That's not the right intention. The intention has to be so pure because it, it, it's, you love it. Get those magazines, rip the pages out. This is how designers create their collections. They have to start with something. They do it from books, but they do it from everything. They do it from a shell they find on the beach. Donna Karen, I was once told, brought in a dried bowl of oatmeal <laughs> that she loved the color and texture of and had it created into a yarn to create sweaters. Inspiration is around us constantly. Sometimes people rack their brain for the inspiration. Gee, I have writer's block. I don't know what I'm going to write about. I'm stumped or my next collection is coming up and I haven't even begun. We're thinking so much that we're not responding. To, oh, my God, I just didn't stop at smell the roses. I'm looking out a window now and I see the most beautiful pale yellow rose i've never seen that color it's right in front of you all the time the beauty it's the perception that changes and the way you look at it that does you can't even see it when you're stressed or you're trying to find out how to get out of this, this writer's block it's always right there in front of us when you oh, go to these magazines you'll the, naturally the find things that you're drawn to and after you collect them long enough you'll start seeing a re- repetition and mm-hmm. that repetition shows you well, I clearly love the color pink, or I clearly love the color purple. And nobody can tell you that's wrong. And nobody can tell you that your desire to be a ballet dancer can't happen. Back to Lady Gaga, you know. It does take a certain level of being able to, to, um, uh, uh, bravery, you know, in some cases, to enter a worldly, uh, uh, profession or something that is, that, that may seem so unattainable because of one's education or, you know, I can't go there because I don't have training in that. Or There's, there's always ways. There's always ways to, for these dreams to come, come true. But the minute your voice or your mind says, I can't, I shouldn't, I didn't, I want to be a filmmaker, but you go around saying, but I didn't go to film school and I can't afford it, well, that's not going to happen. Guess what? It's not. Not with that attitude. You, you have to monitor the thoughts and push those aside that, that – that. And this is a physical way by collecting things and surrounding yourself with things that make you feel good that are going to keep you from being negative. If 
every time you get dressed, you start thinking a negative thought about how you look, you could actually wind up being dressed beautifully and look beautiful. But if you're saying negative things to yourself, no matter who tells you, gee, you look great today, you're not going to feel that. It's like the woman who lost, uh, you know, the 100 pounds, but still feels like, like that, that little girl who was made fun of because she was overweight. It, it, you haven't really manifested what what the shift was about, you know. You haven't really honored it in yourself. There's it's another so question. Yeah, there's another question. Um, how do I distinguish between, um, the, again, I'm going to have to try and interpret this. Um, it's coming in from Virginia. Uh, how do I distinguish between a healthy self-image and following the trend? Very easy. Very easy. It speaks right to what we were speaking about. If somebody tells you, um, oh, that is so yesterday, you've got to cut your hair into a pink mohawk and pierce your nose and, and, and tattoo a, a heart on your forehead. I'm just being real random here. Uh, because that's a trend, and we suddenly see that. Have you, and by the way, let's do something realistic. Then but let's not use that. But the the point is, is uh, do you do it? If it feels wrong to you and doesn't make you feel good, there's your cue. It, it just you did it for the wrong reason, and it only ultimately winds up leading to, yeah, you'll do it for a little while, and then all of a sudden you start feeling that old feeling again, like I'm not happy. Why? because I didn't really love that trend. I just dressed that way. That's why there really is an incredible freedom today. You don't have to dress. And why did people follow, you know, in the 50s, one style or one way? Imagine how radical it was to stick out in the 50s, to wear things that were truly revolutionary, or to, you know, be a Marlena Dietrich and wear a man's suit. A woman had never been seen in pants. And here is a movie star who's so famous. That's why I think celebrities are very an interesting uh, um, uh, iconic image to focus on why we're so obsessed on them. We're so obsessed on them because they are our modern-day gods and goddesses. The silver screen is merely Marilyn Monroe being trans... The, the transference of Aphrodite. There's not a lot of difference. She she had an, an indelible image because they created something on the screen that transported you when you see her. It's not only in the clothes that make the person, but the way in which she embodied that in in her the fusion of her of of Norma Jean. You know, it it was magic. The the chemistry was just uh, between the 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 subject and then the the image they created just worked. I, could, I cannot. I would never believe that uh, if somebody said to me, Marilyn didn't like the way they made her look. It, that's not possible. She would have never been able to convey the authenticity, the fragility, the vulnerability to, 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 to make her so iconic. There had to be something about that that just fit her perfectly, you know. And it was it was revolutionary because women didn't look that way when when she came about. Or Audrey Hepburn. You know, here is a gamine, that's the word they use, the French word, um, which, you know, is slightly more pixie, more boyish, short hair, big eyebrows, skinny, uh, not rounded, curvy, not the, the previous model. And this is how evolution goes on. Things shift. But you, they're, they're brave people who step out first, you know. They believe it so much that they are it. You, there's, no, there's no arguing it. There's no, and that's why... The Shares and the Audrey Hepburns and the Marlena Dietrichs, their confidence is so innate we don't even question it. You, you, you transcend the trend and what feels right to us by honoring what feels right to you. It's very simple. The, the answer is in the lady's question. You, if it feels wrong, I don't care who says it's the thing to do, you, you, don't, you don't do it because this isn't life or death. 
you're not going to die if you don't get the pink mohawk with the the, the uh, purple. You might actually be leading people into the better trend because I don't know that that's such a great <laughs> trend anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we all have taste levels of things. We scratch our head and go, "Gee, I don't know if that was the best look I had in the 1970s when I had that big hair." And uh, but remember, in the 70s, there was two ways to look. It's funny. Let's use that as an example. Why does it seem that fashion always comes back to that decade? I can think of decades that I, I like more, that I think people looked more beautiful, more elegant, like maybe the 30s. But the 70s did have two looks. It had that kind of platform shoe, big hair look, but it also had kind of a 1930s redux. There was that Bianca Jagger, Halston, to use something close to my, myself that I loved and, and then even went on to design, that was a sleeker, um, uh, pulled back, slicked hair um, almost a hybrid of the 1930s look made modern. And that was a, a really chic and beautiful look. There was something always very, um, I think, refined about it. And so even in the 70s, there were, were there were two sort of lanes you could be in that sort of somehow coexisted. And um, uh, uh, but in other cases, there's some things that are just, you know, that, gee, that wasn't the best look, was it? You know, you can go back and you can see them and it's, becomes fairly universal what what the, the test of time is i think what what shows us the test of time can that product stand the test of time you know that's why things that are good they just last ketchup ketchup <laughs> you can be the queen of england and love it and you can be you know a homeless guy on the street and love it i mean ketchup transcends the test of time it just works it just works there's not really much arguing about it you may not like it but you would you would have to say that it's something that transcends classes, uh, economic brackets. You know, it's just a good bar. Aren't we all trying to invent that thing that everybody loves? You know, but it, it, especially today, I, I think it's it become much more or less about exclusivity. Everybody wants to feel that fantasy you're, you're saying. People want to vote for their stars. They want to have a voice in what they listen to. So we have American Idol. People actually get to have a voice in, in picking who that is. It's It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. There's another question. It's from Canton, Ohio, and she wants to know how to teach her daughter the techniques that you're referring to and how to make sure that it's age-appropriate. Very good question. You know, really very good question. The age-appropriate comes down, I think, probably to very specific situations and, and, and probably asking for help. Something that I, is an advice tip that I give that's probably the only one I probably use with, with students and young people most when they ask me how to attain their dreams or achieve and I look back at my own career and think, if, and I don't tend to be someone who believes in the word regret because you use the word, you're already down that lane of thinking you did something wrong rather than it was all as it should have been even the mistakes, the falling down the things I thought were disappointments but led to this, that's the way of turning the lemons into lemonade and you, you must always stay in that perspective and that goes back to cancer and trying to find the gift but the 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 age appropriateness must come from the person who's influencing that child or who's around that child and and um uh asking the right questions and going to people that can help and also being very very in tune with your instinct and you kind of know when it's not age appropriate don't we i mean we know when something just doesn't are are we saying that because it's a social wisdom and 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 they can go on the internet and see what you're trying to shield them from anyway is it realistic or is 
putting a safety lock on this particular website or is um, making some stricter rules around the house that we don't watch this kind of programming or we don't advocate um, gossiping in this house. You know, it, 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 it's so interesting when you hear people that have been raised in a way where you just sense that that, that parent did a terrific job. That parent was, you know, got an A plus in parenting because they instinctively knew what was right. A lot of it comes down to there is there's not something outside of you that you can ask somebody else the, the, that you don't know, but you may not know it at that moment. You may not have mined it to use that other woman's words. Right. You may have not excavated the debris that's keeping it hidden from you. But if you meditate, if you're quiet, if you ask that thought within your head, is it appropriate for me to my daughter go to this? hot movie that's out there right now, but I, I feel like this could be a little bit not right at her age. She may not interpret it correctly, or is that my limitation? To me, she may be way ahead of me. You know, in my generation, that would have been, it wouldn't have worked for me because I didn't have the exposure to the same things. For her, she may actually benefit by seeing this thing. She probably already knows it. You have to ask yourself this very difficult question in a quiet a peaceful way, meditate, and the answer will come. I think that's an unusual uh, answer, and it may seem wishy-washy, but the truth is there always isn't the right answer, you know, in a book or from an expert. It's a very case-by-case individual thing, depending on mostly the subject you're speaking about, you know. Think about how you could hold somebody back if you uh, didn't allow them to try something, and suddenly you see they have a great talent at it. You know, it's that prodigy. What if you didn't let them? Try that instrument because oh, she's I wonder also, Randolph, if you kind of flip it around, if the question could be interpreted um, from the adult's perspective, you know, that's holding good, on to the fantasy of our yes. of our youth right. and embracing where we are at a, an older stage in life and right. being able to distinguish what techniques to use to not only excavate the new parts of ourselves that we need to embrace and the old parts that we should let go and reveal this beautiful part of us that's um, who we are now. Perfectly said, Dale. I sort of stumbled along there and made a bunch of metaphors and hard to distinguish things, and you summed it up. That, that's a, let's, let's do that, Gail. That was beautiful. <laughs> you just channeled an answer. I bet you couldn't repeat it if I had asked you to do it now. I hope you can, you know, hit play that because that was a channeled perfect statement. Every word was God speaking through Gail right there. She said it better than I did, but I inspired her to say it. You inspired me. You know, we have this connection going on between you and I. And we had that happen the other day, remember? You you had this perfect uh, description. It was like an ad agency And I was like, did you, did you record it because I can't repeat it? It was that catchphrase. It was like, oh, that was it. That was every word was right where it should be. That's your answer to that question, uh, caller. I have to say that I, I was getting there, but, uh, you know, that was the succinct way of, of giving the answer. That was a beautiful threading together of all three call, uh, questions we've had because it is all connectivity. It is all connected. It's all, in some ways, the same question that it really does come back to. You answered that beautifully. Thank you. And we actually have people that are calling in, but I'm having a give you know this technical problem, and I don't want to risk losing you on the broadcast. So I'm texting them back and asking them to text their response. And I have our producer asking them to give her the information, and she's um, oh wonderful because I think we're talking about some some amazing things, you know, that, that are that go to a very deep place, you know, and it's not that it does it makes it boring or deep or difficult. It's it's actually makes it uh, in, incredible. I mean that that metaphor of mining and excavating 
is 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 so empowering because the riches that are there to be found from really going within and and honoring what you love naturally is your your roadmap to a happy life. You know, also, it also implies that there's a spiritual significance to the the success of capturing the images we associate with the fashion industry. You know, that there is a spiritual component to our existence, and it, it's revealed um, in our, you know, it's kind of revealed externally as well and a way of revealing our spiritual yes. security and groundedness right. is our confidence in what right. we, our body type and how we carry ourselves and getting to a place no matter where that place might be that we're, you know, many of us might struggle to attain, but we can start right where we are and looking right. at the finest details of goodness around us, like you refer to, you know, the bowl of oatmeal or the pale yes. yellow and rose. Just looking for the good that is around us will start that's to it. help us identify the good that's within us. That's and it. then we'll find that we want to have that experience repeat it again and again and we'll begin to incorporate within our living spaces to the finest detail things that are beautiful that we embrace and define as being beautiful that make us feel good and we'll leave no space unturned i know the first time randolph that i you know came upon this understanding um, again, it was also instilled in me um, in many ways, um, surprising ways um, when I think back on it as a little girl. But I don't believe that there should be any space within my environment, my work environment or my living environment that I dread going into. You know, some right. people have the closet or the laundry room where it's just, you know, jam-packed with stuff and they hate opening the door for fear things are going to fall on them. Yeah, yeah that's right. You know? So one day, you know, not just one day, but over a course of a weekend, you know, the same technique, like, what, you know, what's intriguing me? And at this, at that moment in time, you know, HGTV had just started to air, so it was new, and they were talking about Americana. And I was, you know, in this period of American history, and I started reflecting back that, gee, that period of American history for African Americans wasn't this glamorous side they were depicting. Around right. the story. So I um, contacted a girlfriend at the Library of Congress. You know, do you have any books on? I, I refer to it as Negro Kana. This period of time. And then the next thing I know, it just starts, I guess, channeling or coming out through me. I paint this um, laundry room, which before had been kind of a dreaded place to open a door, this beautiful mango color, and then I got this, you know, imitation kente cloth and put it on the border instead of doing the, you know, regular wood trim, I hot glued it and take, yeah, you know, yeah. put it on and put it up as molding, and then I had this, created this kind of artistic atmosphere in this workspace called a laundry room. And it became such a, a family, you know, point of humor because people would come to our house and say, can I show them your laundry room? I want them to see your laundry room. Isn't that interesting? Because it was such a channeled expression of something uh, that that culturally held a significance. And it could have easily been abandoned because it, uh, the, 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 you know, I had a very similar experience. I went to Ghana and Togo in Africa with the Salvation Army 
who asked me to get involved with them. I was like, I, this is odd. Salvation Army asking Randolph Duke to, you know, help people in Africa. And I thought, boy, God works in mysterious ways. It was one of the most significant things I've ever done, even though we were, I think, uh, uh, probably not as um, mapped out in, in what we wanted to achieve because it was ambitious, but it still had incredible effect and I think still created a ripple and a trick uh, uh, of, of something that has continued today. And it was really to sort of help um, bring an understanding to uh, business owners in a, in a, in a, in a mostly uh, a poverty-stricken region, but and, and more largely a region that has a lot of scarring from the the, uh, um, the years of, of slavery and and where most of the slaves were gathered before shipped off from the western coast of Africa. That the paradigm is not shifting because the the people that live there, the way they treat each other, and the way they have somewhat abandoned the the natural cultural arts and thinking that the key is to becoming like the um, uh, um, places they perceive as uh, affluent and wealthy as their ticket out is, is is exactly really forsaking yourself and something very magical happened when when I, I saw a lot of the direction of the of the things these people wanted to create that they thought were going to bring them wealth. They were all copies of Puma and Nike and Adidas, and they were all very American. And, and then I, I looked at all their beautiful kente costs and their batiks and their techniques and their embroideries and their crafts, and I opened up a book that was runway shots from Paris and the highest fashion houses of Gautier and, and uh, um, Dior, and there were... Uh, collections, you know, based completely on this tribe and that tribe and Africa and the the the, the beauty of of the and exotic combinations of colors and fabrics and techniques and vibrancy of non-black, you know, just color and 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 uh, 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 richness. And they were like, "That's ours. This is ours. This is ours. This is our Kentucky." And they were inspired, re-inspired by their own thing. It was amazing. They they then by, fused by it. With, they fused it with something modern that was, that spoke to a new way of doing it, not rather than the traditional silhouette, the traditional fabric. And they and something really amazing happened. They fused it with a world. Uh, look, you know, something that was very cool in, you know, denim and something that was happening in, you know, sport clothes from Puma and Nike that they, they saw as very desirable to young people and, 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 and something very, very amazing happened on it. They didn't abandon their, their, their cultural, uh, gifts, you know, in this area. They, they, they fused them into the, the broader cross-cultural picture. And if, if nothing else, that one thing that happened, I, I think was so powerful because it was positive. They they thought that they had to abandon what they they they, they had created. They didn't even think it. It was subconscious. They were abandoning it because they they weren't achieving results. I think that felt like you know I'm putting dinner on the table. I'm I'm uh, providing a better world for my my children. And their thoughts were what was really standing in the way. They they were they had become manifesting their 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 own enslavement they were enslaving themselves you know with these thoughts and it's, it's so so uh, beautiful what we allowed to sort of uh, rise to the surface there and it shifted very very slightly it's not easy to shift a paradigm in a in a, in a place like that but what you did is you you did that that was so naturally something that was almost part of your your dna you know in some ways and, and what you know was to, really... to use the kente cloth and to use the colors you chose and you really didn't you didn't edit 
based on well, what would somebody think, or and that's always the thing people wind up loving the most, you and, know. And I'd start it with a part, you know, of the the space, whether it's within or externally, that didn't consume my every movement, yeah. but I could open and close the door right. to my own comfort level of it, and just start small. And well, that's the course, attainable. That's what I mean by yeah. by by not making the goal so big that you. You 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 gave yourself too ambitious of a project, and you know it, it just didn't become attainable. Uh, whether it be a diet or whether it be decorating a room, you can't, you know, you, you keep it manageable so that you can be successful in it. That's a very good thing you did. Yeah. You know, you made it go from something that I I'm, I'm not a decorator, I don't know, to becoming well, I'm pretty good at this. Look at what I did with this. And the next time the room can be a little larger, and the next time the room and can be a little bit more of a space you move through. You don't, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, right? And that's what you're going to be helping, you know, Sylvia Global listeners and looking forward to do it, viewers do, is start with what's attainable and make their world beautiful and themselves feel right. beautiful by taking what they have. That's it. It's Thanks so much for being here. Surround Thanks. yourself with the things you're sure of. You know that, you know, chamomile tea is your favorite. That You know that lavender roses are your favorite. You know that the color uh, sets really special aqua slightly greenish blue that you, you know it when you see it. You may not know what to call it. Makes you feel uh, beautiful. You know, paint your bedroom that color. You know, start with what you know for sure are their, your top ten favorite things. You know, that that's how you figure out what you want to be when you grow up. By the way, it is because you'll get there. You'll get there. The room will get bigger. It won't just be ten things. Then there'll be twenty things, and then you'll see the rhythm, the repetition. Oh, I like Thanks, these kinds Rando. of things. <laughs> we're we're cup Wednesday. 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, Randolph Duke. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Gail. It's okay. been so much fun. I wish we could go on for hours, You've but we'll be back. You've been listening to Sylvia week. Global with your host, Gail Sylvia. Become a subscriber to Sylvia Global for unique listener opportunities. Follow on Twitter and like them on Facebook. For more information, go to www.sylviaglobal.com. That's Sylvia, S-Y-L-V-I-A, Global. G-L-O-B-A-L dot com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.